This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products and services for the life science, entertainment and engineering industries. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures performances effortlessly, in real time and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. The latest release of Shogun now includes full range of motion, high-fidelity finger capture, along with other massive quality-of-life improvements, so you can capture reality faster. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. The fact that I get to bridge this weird world between performer and, but like, fangirl first, let's be real, is so dope. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. If there's something that, that you're curious about or if you have any questions, like, go out and find the answers for yourself. The techniques are different, but the core of the performance, I don't care what you're doing, I don't care if it's performance capture stage or on TV, it has to come from the same place. Performance capture is playtime. Performance capture is the future of film. Super technical and super creative. Like, there's just nothing else like it. What I think I love the best about it is just it's a family environment. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast. I am so excited that we're back for a season two. Today, this man has won a Games Award for Best Performer recently. Can you please tell us your name and where you're from? Hey, hello, everyone. My name is Roger Clark. I am from, I was born in New Jersey, grew up in Ireland, and I trained in Britain. There we go. And uh, your profession, please, Roger. I'm an actor and a producer. And we always ask everybody on this show how they would best describe what performance capture is, because it's such a huge term. It seems to have confusion around what it is. Can you please tell us from your experience what you, how you would define it? Well, um, I um, I consider performance capture to be this brand new medium of performance, which is literally exploding in front of our very eyes. And it's very understandable that there's a lot of confusion about it because there's lots of different types of it. And as the technology keeps changing, it changes also with that. So it's understandable that there is a bit of confusion, which is why this podcast is so awesome. And by the way, I'm really pleased to be here, Victoria. Thank you for having me. I'm loving having you on this this show. So, yes, so you want to go into a little bit more about those different types of, of performance captures that you mentioned? There's motion capture, there's, there's face animation, there's performance capture, and there's lots of subtle differences between the two. And as far as I understand them, these are evolving on a daily basis. Motion capture, to my knowledge, I think that started like way back in the 80s as some sort of a study of anatomy, didn't it? And I... I Golf professionals would put the balls on to, so that they could analyze their swing and, and, and see how they could improve it, etc. And then for me personally, my first foray into, into motion capture yeah. was when I saw the first Mortal Kombat in the arcades. And it was animation that I had never even seen before. And it blew my mind. It looked like real live action framing, you know. And little did I know that it was and that it employed the, what we now call motion capture. When we see Liu Kang flying through the air, giving someone a bicycle kick, which funnily enough, that apparently was recorded in one of the old studios that Rockstar Games used to use out in Long Island. 
And for those of you that don't know, I, that's the majority of my performance capture experience was playing Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, although I had done it before then. But yeah, there's also so motion capture, facial animation, and then performance capture. Uh, visual animation is often with the helmet or with the balls on your face, although that seems to be phasing out more and more, which I love because... I didn't like the balls on your face because if you were doing a scene that you had to sweat a lot, then the balls would always fall off and you'd have to re-rom your facial. And and then also, if you even just little idiosyncratic things like an actor would do, like wiping your nose, you couldn't do when those little balls were on your face because you'd wipe off half of the data, you know? So I much prefer the, the camera, even though the light can be a little bit distracting. It takes a little bit of getting used to. And then finally, performance capture, where you have motion, facial and audio all at the same time and what a lot of people don't know is, is you have seen partners too often at the same time and i think that really helps add to the authenticity of a lot of the performances that we're seeing both in film and in interactive media these days little idiosyncratic details that you wouldn't even think of by yourself in a booth doing voice acting you know you talked about obviously we know that you did Arthur and Red Dead Redemption. You've got to say that really. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Stumble <laughs> over it. But um, you said you did you did some performance capture before this, and um, my question is, how did you discover performance capture? How did you get into it? What was your first gig? My first gig was uh, in the UK. It was for a video game called Shell Shock Two. That was around oh eight oh not no no it was longer ago. It was about oh six, and uh, that was with a studio called EDOS who had done a bit of Tomb Raider beforehand, some really good people. Des Ford was the director on that. And that was my first experience with it, uh, personally. I had seen what, obviously, had seen what Andy Serkis was doing with the Lord of the Rings franchise before then, and and to a lesser extent, other things as well. But the, my first foray into it was a zombie-slash-Vietnam shoot-em-up. <laughs> what, what were you playing in that? Were you playing a zombie? I was several zombies. I, yeah, that's, that's oh. another beautiful thing about performance capture is you can do multiple roles and nobody even knows it. So I was several zombies, yes, but my main character was uh, an NPC, a supporting NPC. It was pretty prevalent in the first half of the game, a guy called Sergeant Griffin. Okay. Who actually, who actually sounds a little bit like Arthur. It was a bit of a precursor to Arthur. <laughs> and uh, I love how enthusiastic you are, as I am, about this medium. It's... It's such, it is the future and it is, I mean, it's the present. We were talking about this with Damien Gordon, one of our other guests. What is your favorite thing about performance capture? Why, why do you love it? I consider it a privilege to work in this medium right now because we're seeing it, like I said before, literally explode. Uh, and the capacity and the potential is is beyond what even what most of us are, are, are what a lot of us are only just starting to realize my favorite thing about performance capture was working on a project as, for as long as I did on Red Dead, which was five years, getting to see the technology change. And not only that, but communicating with the engineers and the animators and them ch making those changes for the performer's benefit as well as their own was very, very encouraging. And it was amazing to have such teamwork as that, to, to have that level of communication with the technical staff so that uh, we made everyone's job easier. 
Another thing I love about performance capture was having worked with Rockstar Games for so long was, uh, you know, I worked with close to a thousand people on Red Dead Redemption 2 in the mocap volume. Uh, some of those were very experienced motion capture performers, people like Nashir Dalal, uh, and of course, Benjamin Byron Davis and Rob Weedoff, who were part of the original Red Dead Redemption franchise. But the great majority of them had never done it before. And we would be driving into the studio and it was always very typically the same sort of apprehension, the same nervousness, the same questions that they'd be asking me. What's it like? You know, can you, if you screw up a take, can you just do a, a pickup or do you have to start from scratch again? And th the questions to the, the answers to these questions changed as we went by. But one of the most beautiful things to see and witness was a lot of these nervous people, some of them like 80 years old, you know, would be telling me stories about filming a Kojak back in the 70s and watching them put on a motion capture suit and watching them go through the range of motion, which became a, kind of like a daily ritual, you know, it helped me get into character. Just to interject there, the range of motion for anybody that's listening that's new is is almost like our aerobic session to test the equipment yeah. before we start before we start and end uh, sessions. Exactly. And then the, it was always the same thing when they first stepped into the volume, um, because the people at Rockstar were such amazing and supportive uh, collaborators. The animators were vital uh, in informing our performances. And they would always, for, for references' sake, they would always allow the, the rookies or the noobs, for lack of a better word, to know as much as they wanted to know about the the technology and very often when they first step foot into the volume they would see themselves up on the big screen and they'd notice that when they moved their left hand <laughs> it's the same thing every day and eventually the worm <laughs> always got into it somehow <laughs> but then to see that apprehension just fade away you know a lot of people say how do you get into performance capture and i i, I just I, I basically surmised how i did you know but one of the things that blew my mind is even the older performers, you know, the ones that didn't even know that they had to learn their lines because they thought that they were going to be working in a booth, how easy they just blended into this brand new medium and how much they realized, oh my gosh, it's just like film or it's just like theater or a combination of the two. It was really beautiful to see and, and that by the end of take four or five, then they just realized that, it's just like every other job where you just got to be present. The connection, yeah. the human, the human truth, and exactly. the connection is is exactly what they want, and and you have to. It's a huge uh, process of ignoring <laughs> many other things that are going on and just focusing on the other person and that human connection and the truth. Yeah. As like you say, we do in in the rest of the medium. Acting is acting. <laughs> it's it's there. Um, can you tell us a specific experience that you enjoyed on the motion capture stage? Maybe something from Red Dead, a moment, maybe a scene, or or something funny that happened. Yeah, you know, there's loads and loads of stories. Uh, I remember one particular one where I was uh, I was I was a bear. Okay. For the purpose we ne we needed to capture an animation of a guy getting mauled by a bear, so. In the, in the render, I was actually a bear. If you've ever seen a bear T-pose, I can tell you it's pretty funny <laughs> to look at that. So I, I, had to, I just had to basically shake the hell out of the stuntman. It was a really good sport with that. One good story I remember in particular was uh, 
an example of the kid who had never done it before. And, you know, he's a little wide-eyed and a bit nervous and apprehensive. And our wonderful director, Rod Edge, said to him, he was just giving him a basic direction. He was playing someone's bodyguard. So when the fella, he's basically, he had no lines. He said, uh, when, when your scene partner grabs him, pulls him down to the ground, you just shout out, get down, get down. That's pretty much it. And he went, okay, okay, I can do that, right, no problem. The take starts, you know, his physical cue comes. He does what he's supposed to do. He starts screaming all around the place. He says, get down, get down. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Lots of funny things, you know, like, for example, we, we, you know, if something times we'd be doing a more physical than normal scene, you know, and, and often what we called our tusks, which held our cameras, they would often get inter, interlocked and someone's helmet would fall off. And of course, that meant we had to do the take again. But if you ever looked at it in the render, when someone's head falls off, their helmet falls off, it's like their head just <laughs> rolls off onto the ground and then their neck becomes this elongated thing, which is like 15 feet long. I remember that happened when I had to push Steve Palmer when the Greys ambushed us and Bill Williamson's head just became, just started rolling 20 feet down the, the, the street and his neck just got stretched out. This yeah, It was pretty amusing to look at. And, um, you know, you, you've won awards now for this role. You've been meeting the fans at Comic-Con and you worked on this for such an extensive period of time. What advice would you give to other people listening that want to get into a similar field of performance capture? If there's actors out there that say, you know, God, what Roger did in Red Dead is a dream role. How how do I even start? Where do I begin with this? How do I get an audition? Is it an audition? Do I have to know people? What what advice would you give? Well, that's really kind. I would say that for me, for me personally, um, my theatrical experience was invaluable when I was learning how to do performance capture because, uh, you know, the, as technology advances, we find I find that there's more and more filters uh, between our audience and the and, our, and the actual performance. You know, on film, you have the director and then the editor. Sometimes the sound engineer may tweak something, etc. cetera. Uh, with, with performance capture, there's even more filters than that. You know, you also have the animator now, too. And not only that, but the camera can change in post. You know, what you thought was a close-up could suddenly become a wide shot you know, when you finally see it in the game or, or on film. And so this... Uh, this requires the performer to be a lot more flexible. And uh, that was a tool that I learned very a lot in theater. And also in theater, there is no filter between you and your audience. You learn what does and doesn't work in real time. And, uh, and you, you store that in your memory. And you often learn, you know, for the sake, like comedy, for example, there's a certain inherent timing that you can't learn. You've you got to do it in front of people in order to get a, some basic understanding of that. And I think a lot of theatrical actors are lucky enough to, to bring that with them when they go into other mediums. So personally speaking, I found my theatrical experience vital when I was doing mocap with Rockstar and other studios as well. I would just say to them, you know, I, I got red dead through my legit agent uh, she knew that i had done performance capture before so um you know there's a lot of it, it's a it's a field that's exp 
it keeps growing and growing. There's a lot more work going out about it. So it's easier to kind of get into that field. When you do get into it, if you're lucky enough uh, to, to bag a job, uh, I would just say don't be afraid of failure. You know, it's like every job. You have to embrace the chance of failure. And that's where the exciting stuff starts to happen. And can you tell us a little bit about your audition process for the uh, Yeah, I can tell. I mean, first of all, I didn't know what it was for. Um, the sides I got were on the day, actually. It was a cold read. Uh, and it was a character that was kind of loosely based on Arthur or what I think they were looking for in a potential Arthur. They did say to wear cowboy boots and to put on a cowboy accent. But other than that, I had no idea what it was for. Um, but uh, I do remember... When uh, they asked me to do certain moves within the audition, I thought, you know, this is, reminds me a lot of mocap. I bet you this is this might be a video game. It was on tape, and I f it was a scene I remember they had written, obviously written it just specifically for the audition because it had no relevance to the story. But it was a guy walking into a bar, chatting with the bartender, and you know they were shooting the breeze. And then eventually the guy says, "Well, I got to kill you now. Somebody's put a price on your head." And he's like, "But, but, but my daughter's coming to visit me tomorrow." And I. You just shrug the shoulders and say, oh, that's a, that's a real shame. But, you know, I got a job to do. So let's head on our back so we don't make a mess. <laughs> How long was the process? Because we were talking to Brian Deckard. And I know for my process for Assassin's Creed, it was, you know, a longer process. Did you hear back straight away? or how, It was, was almost that? six months. Yeah. I remember they did ask, they did check my availability uh, maybe three or four months after that audition. So I had heard nothing until about three or four months I was doing theater in Florida, so I wasn't available, and I, I thought that was the end of it, you know? I go, oh, okay, well, they probably got someone else. But then a few months later, they called in again, and this time I was available, and I went in, and we started working together. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't bag a contract until quite a few months into it. Oh, really? <laughs> so you didn't know well, what you were doing? I kind of, after, I, I, I kind of, I knew by, by the second or third yeah. session, I knew what we were doing, but I didn't know it was my job yet. Let's put it that way. Wow, this is this has been a fantastic experience talking to you about this. And uh, I am, I'm thrilled to hear your process and things. Now, are you, um, what are you up to at the moment? And how can we find you and follow you on social media and capture your next uh next steps so i um i know you've chatted with brian so me brian and yeah. amelia brian deckard amelia rose blair and jack septic eye are coming out with a 2d platform game i think it will be out next year from uh, an independent studio in wales called drag house where it's a game called lunafon which we're really excited about oh that one actually sadly won't be performance capture but it'll be voice acting which is a whole other barrel of challenges uh -huh. you know as you know but uh, yes. you can find me on Twitter. I'm rclark98, and my Instagram is at rollingrog. That's Raj, R-O-G. And I've got a YouTube channel, too, where I mock about and do some silly stuff, and uh, that's rclark98. <laughs> I'm going to be producing a series of audiobooks probably in spring of next year. Yeah, oh, so uh, if you keep an eye out on my social media, I'll be making announcements about that, too. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us on the Performance Capture podcast today. And uh, we look forward to following your journeys. And uh, we thank you for your amazing performance in Red Dead specifically, but in all the things that you end up doing. Thank you, Victoria. It was my pleasure. This was great. I loved it. This recording was done by Formosa Interactive, a full-service post-production sound company. 
Among its many divisions, Formosa Group as a whole offers independent and AAA content creators end-to-end -end services, including voiceover, sound supervision, sound design, editorial, mixing and music for gaming, film, broadcast and other platforms. Visit www.formosagroup.com for more information. Thank you to Soundbox LA for editing this episode.